0: This week, a would-be serial entrepreneur wants to know when is the right time to move on to his next business project. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. So this this week's question came in by email and the viewer wanted to remain anonymous. So... I would suggest that you infer from that that it's a very famous person. That's probably the the safe thing to, to bet. Let me read the question. When do you know when you can get into another business? I started a business. I now have three employees and want to grow to 20. When do I know I can move on to the next project? So throughout my career, I've met very many serial entrepreneurs and A serial entrepreneur in my books is somebody who just loves the startup of the business and they want to do one thing after another. And their mind is probably always dreaming up new and different businesses that they can get into. And in my experience, a lot of the times um, this type of entrepreneur really loves the startup and growth. But then when things start to slow down and becomes more of just like an operating business that's kind of more boring day to day. They, they lose their interest and passion and they're always attracted to the next new thing. So most of the serial entrepreneurs that I have known start businesses, build them up into something. They start to get bored. Their mind starts to wander and they realize I got to get out of this. And I would meet them because they would come to me as a broker or later as a consultant, and they would say, I need to sell because I'm losing my passion and interest and I, I want to do the next thing. And so those people would typically sell a business. And then they would you know, get money and capital, et cetera, to help them start the next thing. And I've known some people who started 12, 13 businesses over 30 or 40 years. Right? And so what this viewer is saying, though, is that they want to keep the business and move on to the next project. So building a series of businesses, for example, um, a lot of the people that I've met who've expressed this kind of interest to me have actually changed their mind once they got the business up to the point where they could do what this viewer wants to do. Let me give an example. Uh, I had many buyers come and visit me in my office when I had my brokerage open, who would say, I've done the startup before and I never want to do it again. It was really tough. Now I would like to buy an existing business and grow that way. So different kind of thing, or or they would want to buy a new business and then potentially sell the the first one that they had or, or whatnot. But Let's assume that the viewer knows what they want, and they're gonna they're gonna follow this path. So I made a checklist, basically, of what this person would need to do in order to get to the point where they could then back off their full time effort in their business and begin to work on that second project. Okay, and so number one, viewer, um, everything you do in your role as the leader in that business today. Um, has to be documented, recorded and systematized so that you will be able to hand those tasks off to other people or uh, a replacement, a manager of some kind who's going to be doing what you do every day. Now, you mentioned that you have three businesses and you want to grow to 20. So I would probably imagine that you could do this over the course of time that it takes to grow. The quicker you do it, the better. Um, But you're likely going to need all 20 of those employees in order to get to the item number three on my list. So item number one is to document, systematize and organize yourself so that other people can do what you're doing. Number two, which has to be done after number one would be to create the key performance indices KPIs that will allow you as a a non-present owner to be able to track what is happening in the business. So, KPIs are unique to the business and industry. But if you were talking about many businesses, um, you might want to have, for example, a weekly report card, which talked about how many transactions a business had, maybe the average transaction amount, average ticket amount uh, in a restaurant, for example, or maybe if you're going to use a restaurant example, number of meals delivered through those app services, for example, or the number of people through the door divided by the total revenue. So not just price per ticket, but price per attendee, right? There's all kinds of different metrics you could use. You could use your cost of goods sold. You could use your food costs. You could use your labor ratio. All of these are supposed to allow you to see what is happening in the business at a glance. So you look at that report card every week and you can tell is traffic up, is traffic down, are costs in line, are they not? It allows an owner to quickly see what's going on. I often refer to this as the as the regional manager skill set. If you think about a chain business where, you know, a chain of gas stations where each one has a manager, but then there's a regional manager overseeing what's going on, these are the things you have to create so that when you're doing your new business, you can very quickly look at the numbers and make sure everything's okay in the first business. Okay, so that would be item number two. Item number three is that the cash flow of your business needs to be big enough to cover all of your expenses, including the new expenses that will be taken on by replacing yourself. So if you're not going to be there, then you have to make sure you have the money to pay someone. And you also have to make sure that you have adequate money available for capital reinvestment and all that kind of stuff. So we're not talking about EBITDA, we're talking about real, true, free cash flow after taxes and the amount of money that's going to be available after everything, including taxes have been paid, needs to be significant enough to warrant your continued interest in owning the business. What does that mean? Well, if you're going to be busying yourself full time in your second business and you're taking time away every week to look at that KPI report card. You're talking with the manager. Occasionally, you're looking at what's going on, um, happening in the business. It is going to be distracting you to a certain degree. So how much money does it need to be bringing in for you to want that distraction is, and and it's up to you what that number is. Is it 30, 40, a hundred, $200,000 a year that this business needs to be bringing in? So, I recently had uh, some buddies over for a barbecue, and one of them is actually looking at doing this right now. He wants to withdraw himself from the day to day operation of his business, and he's looking at what it might look like to hire someone to do what he's doing. And one of the things he said is that if I were to pay a replacement 80,000 a year, it would mean that this business would still earn about 60 grand a year for me. And for him, that was enough to have that constant, mild distraction of having to look over and see what was going on in that business. And he, I'm dog sitting until April. And he, um, so that would be enough for him to warrant the ongoing distraction of keeping an eye on what's going on in the first business. Um, And he was in exactly this anonymous person's position. He has an interest in building up and growing a new business, which he's already started. He's trapped between the two of them right now, trying to balance his time and effort between both. And he knows that his divided attention is meaning that the first business isn't doing everything it should. There's lots of opportunities that are being left on the table. Anyway, thanks for the question. Um, and if any of you out there have any questions that you want me to answer in one of these videos, just leave it in the comment or send it in through social media. I'd love to do that. And if you're serious about business ownership and you want to take a shortcut and get right to, uh, you know, making money as soon as possible, uh, the best thing to be doing would be to head over to business uh, adventure or businessbuyeradvantage.com. There it is business buyer advantage where you can learn about how I can help people buy an already existing and profitable business. And with that, I'll see you later. I guess I got to go let the dog out. We'll talk to you soon. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, et cetera. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com, use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.